Can you believe that we're coming into the eighth season? No. In season seven's intro, we talked about the fact that we are Trinitarian, that we're Calvinists, and that we believe that everyone is saved the same way. Abraham was saved the same way that I'm saved and you're saved. What, what other core issues do we stand by? That, yeah, all the solas. Um, because we recognize those as core hermeneutical principles. They're like signposts in the road. You and I are both Sabbatarians. We both keep a kosher diet. And we celebrate the biblical festivals. People have said that we're part of the Hebrew Roots movement. Other people have said we're part of the Messianic movement. I see that the idea of practice being different in all in all sorts of denominations, which is why I consider myself a non-denominational Christian. If there's, it's it's worthwhile if if there's even a single person out there that hears a discussion and. You know, through our discussion, the Holy Spirit like quickens that person's heart on a, on a specific topic. Maybe helps them in a in a way that they've been wrestling with the Word and trying to understand. We have faith in. In Yeshua, we have faith in Jesus Christ. We're saved by faith alone, justified by faith alone. There's no, no work will save me. I think I think we're gospel roots. We're gospel. We're we're gospel roots. In other words, we go back to the core promise of the gospel in the scriptures, and exemplified, like Paul says, in the the promise in your in your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. It's Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. This is Messiah Matters number 346. Going to try to keep the Hoff from going off today. My name is Caleb Haig. Drinking water because I've already had too much coffee. Also trying to keep the Hoff from going off. I'm Rob Vanoff. Yes. I'm the Hoff. Um, so we got a lot going on today. And Not to be confused with Hasselhoff or Wim Hoff. So, <laughs> breathe. Um, okay, so... Somebody, uh, Ariel, in the chat room, before this show even begins, should we even be using the word Christian? And I said, yes, we should. I thoroughly hold to and believe that I am and proudly, proudly take on the name Christian. He says, why, though? No one explains this to me. I will tell you why. I believe in the five solas. I am a Trinitarian. 
I believe that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for the sins of the elect. I believe in the doctrines of grace. I believe that, that Yeshua, that Jesus, will build his ecclesia. And I believe that the New Testament or the apostolic scriptures uses the word Christian in Acts and 1 Peter, or is it 2 Peter, in one of the Peters to refer, refer to believers of, of Yeshua. And uh, therefore, I am happy and, uh, and joyously take on the, the title Christian. And I wear it with as a badge of honor. All and right. if I, could I say one of thing? Of course. I like everything you just said. Um, that the verb evangelize is not actually an English word. It's a, it's a transliteration from a Greek word, which comes not from the New Testament, but, but from the Greek, quote, Tanakh translation of the Old Testament. I'm using Old Testament, New Testament, just because that's common lingo, although I prefer Tanakh or the prophets. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 52, the, the Hebrew verb levaser, to preach good news, is translated as um, the word that we get evangelize. Oh, angelizo, it is. So when when this word uh, comes into our English language, it's just using, it's not a, an English word. It's just using a word that was already used in the first century, or yeah, in the first century, that is in the second temple period by Greek-speaking Jews who understood this message of God's kingdom that was for Israel. I love and then the, and then second and then the nations of the world to follow. I love how Rob just jumps right in like boom here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about evangelism and the word evangelize. First can I just note to everyone that uh, my my facial hair right now looks like I should be like brawling bare knuckled. I know yours is great and mine is I I was told Caleb I was like I'm just so disheveled. I'm, I'm blaming it on on the pandemic. I'm pretty sure that my wife absolutely <laughs> hates it. Um, <laughs> you're looking, you're looking dapper. Is dapper the right word? Yeah, dapper. There you go. I think you look sharp. You, if I saw you, I would say he's reformed, except I'd look at the seat. I'd see your seat seat and I'd say, well, he is, I need to go talk to this guy. He just looks there cool. There, oh, and he's you. got a Bible and <laughs> I just want to hear oh, what this guy has oh, to say. Oh my word. Okay. Now we're just stroking egos at this point. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> Let's go to, uh, we, we have some new producers. These people will be held over into the summer months because they got in late on the uh, spring months. But nice. we have a couple of messages here, and I want to I read them out. First of all, Tanner McGinn is the person who is responsible for calling in and singing the original jingles that became... Tanner, Tanner, Tanner taking Greek. He rocks. Yes. Right on, Tanner. So he said, I listened to Messiah Matters number 345 yesterday and heard the jingle. It sounds awesome. Thank you so much for sending my recordings to Sean Ryan to be properly recorded and set to music. Please thank her for me and let her know that her arrangement sounds even better than what I had imagined. Tanner now becomes a executive producer for his That's contribution. Sp- for Okay, there's something special for both Tanner and Sean then on this because this right. is like... But a collab. This is like, it's a collab. Yeah, but it like goes, you know how Super Chat? It's like a super producer. It's like, oh, super producer. Okay. Here's why. is because it. Next next week. They contributed in a in a very special way according to skill sets that 
that were very creative and, and are really wonderful. So just thank you. Super producer. You It'll be on the credits next week. Super producer. Okay. Austin Bowen, <laughs> also an executive producer for this week and this quarter and the summer quarter as well. Hi, Caleb. I've been watching since episode 290 or so. So I figured it was due time that I showed my appreciation and support for the podcast. I've learned a lot from listening to you to discuss theology and scripture. As for questions, because I asked, do you have any questions or anything that you'd want read on online? He said, as for questions, I'm not sure I have any right now, but some ideas have been on my mind that I do plan to, on asking once I refine them a bit. We are ready and waiting. And then, finally, who else did we have? Um, oh, Lee. Holy, I'm so sorry. Mia Copa, Mia Copa. Again, this is from Lee Egan, also another uh, producer for the summer credit that we'll be turning over here in the next uh, week or two. Uh, Lee says, again, thank you and Rob for bringing a biblical view of scripture and life to every show. It's something we definitely need more of today. All praise to Christ for bringing us all together in his name. Have a wonderful and blessed weekend shalom now i forget who it was somebody said that they just wanted to hear the jingle again and i forget if i'm missing someone and it's not in my um it's not in my notes i do apologize i'll try to find it anyway i asked somebody do you have anything that you want to hear they said the phone jingle was phenomenal and that we should uh, we should play that again. And we will play that again. In fact, just in case you're wondering, our call-in line, and this is a comment line, so you're not going to talk to us. It's 253-465-3205. Messiah Matters wants to hear from you. Leave us a comment, a question or two. Call 253 Awesome. And uh, to all of our new uh, executive producers and super producers, for that matter, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for being part of this show. You've been blessed. Yay! Thank you so much. You too can become a producer and possibly a super producer at some point, if you're lucky enough. Uh, you can do that by going to messiahmatters.com and follow the steps. It will eventually get you to... ToraResource.com, who is the producer of this show and the creator of this show, ultimately. You can also email us, chegg at ToraResource.com. It's C-H-E-G-G at ToraResource.com. I've already told you about Torah Resource. Go there for all sorts of free stuff. And Messiah Matters is our new website. We are still making and creating this website. Thank you very much to Michael Gonzalez, another super producer, um, who is uh, continuing to create this site. And we are going to probably get some people to help us do some other stuff very shortly. By the way, if you are not a supporter or you are not an executive producer, then you can still help us out by subscribing if you're not already subscribed. And if you are subscribed, then why don't you go ahead and just press that thumbs up button on the YouTube video. It really does help. We appreciate it. Okay. With all of that said, should we jump in? Should we, should we do it? Should, should we do it? I think we should. Uh, we, got a, uh, we got a lively, lively chat room today. And we appreciate that, too. Hello, all in the chat room. Okay, we're going to talk about a very sensitive subject. And for the past, uh, I don't know, three, uh, so let's see here, 146 shows, we have done what we've called change format. We haven't actually named names. Unfortunately, because of the nature of this show, 
you kind of got to name some names. And uh, so what we're going to do is we are going to talk about some very specific ministries. Here's the question. And before we jump into this, the question that I actually want to ask, I don't want to just blast different people or say these people are heretics or these people are wrong or anything like that. What I do want to do is I want to ask this question. Are we misunderstanding the way that the term evangelism is being used by different organizations within the land of Israel? In other words, let me say it a different way, just in case that's not fair enough or understandable enough. Let me ask it this way. Are people in the land of, our our Christian, let's rephrase, are Christian ministries in the land of Israel using the word evangelism the same way that everyone else is, everyone else in the world, or every other Christian in the world is? And uh, the reason I ask that is because there is a lot of stuff going on. Let's start. What we're going to do here is we're going to start with... Um, give me just one second here. Did I lose it? Did you lose it? <laughs> okay, here we are. Which time did you lose it? No. Yes. Uh, so this has come out on a, a couple of different websites. This particular article is called uh, The Yeshiva World. And this is actually not in the, the YouTube description. However, I'll probably put it in there before the end of the day. Published May 27th, 2021, 8 a.m., another Haradi Missionary Imposter Messianic Center in downtown Jerusalem. Now, this has gotten a lot of play all over social media. And full disclosure on this, the uh, the the ministry that is uh, going to be talked about in the beginning here is FFOZ, First Fruits of Zion. First Fruits of Zion and Torah Resource do have a past together. My father was the theological editor for uh, First Fruits of Zion until, I don't know, uh, 2008 maybe, 2009, something like that. Uh, my that sounds fa- about right. My father split ties with FFOZ over theological differences that he felt that they were going down a path that he could not support anymore. He left. Uh, it wasn't, it, it was civil, um, and uh, since then, FFOZ has gone farther and farther into some very, very uh, questionable theological stances that uh, we at Torah Resource thoroughly and fully reject, uh, including a want to be friends with the Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism and other things. Uh, we've done shows on this. In fact, uh, there was a conference that FFOZ did where uh, Boaz Michael's son uh, did a full lecture on the Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism and basically said that uh, that rabbinic authority, that the rabbinical writings were uh, divinely sanctioned, essentially. And we looked for those clips. However, it's been so long since we did that show that uh, I just didn't have time. I, I only had a couple minutes to look for them. So, so anyway. But it is, yeah, we did. I remember we listened to it and talked about it on our show. Yes. Okay, so uh, with all of that said, that's the full disclosure on on First Fruits of Zion, also known as FFOZ. Um, and FFOZ claims to be a messianic, uh, messianic organization. So here is the article in question. Now, this is really long. I'm, not gonna tr- I'm probably not going to read the whole thing. However, you do need context for the rest of the show. Zamak Dovid, a shul and bait midrash in the Brahm Center in the heart of downtown Jerusalem, uh, 
is actually a missionary training center with teachers dressed as Orthodox Jews teaching missionaries how to live a religious Jewish lifestyle. The anti-missionary organization Yad Lachaim stated this week. Okay, let's stop real quick. Now, Boaz has... Uh, Yad Lachim. Yeah. Oh, a I'm sorry. To, yes. A hand to brothers. So hand the, to help for brothers. Basically. Yes, exactly. And um, I apologize. Like I, I think we should we should be fair to Boaz. Okay, Boaz has come out and said, first of all, this is not a a uh, Zamach David is not a shul in our center. The Brahms Center in downtown Jerusalem uh, is a it was built by FFOZ as a. Uh, well, I don't want to speak for what their specific goal was with the Brahms Center. They have uh, clarified that it is a place for Messianic Jews to go and, and worship and um, to uh, learn and, and things like that. But they have said in a statement, which we will get to shortly, that this is not a place, it's not a training ground for missionaries. And th- that's actually what we're going to talk about. So let's just keep going. Zamak David appears like a standard Jewish shul with an Aaron, Aaron Kodesh and a Sifra Torah instead of crosses. So in other words, what uh, this article is saying is that the, uh, the Brahms Institute uh, has Jewish imagery instead of Christian imagery, which this article sees as um, a, a deceptive ploy to bring Jews in. The Brahm Center, going on with the article, by the way, the Brahm Center is uh, the Jerusalem ministry of the First Fruits of Zion, FFOZ organization established in the U.S. in 1992 to disseminate Messianic Judaism. Yad Laachim has discovered that Zamach David is just the tip of the iceberg of extensive Christian missionary activity among the Israeli public that has intensified in recent times. A quick Google search reveals that the Brahm Center's goals have been available online since 2016. A website for the center clearly states their goal, and now this article is article is quoting the Brahm uh, Center. It says, The Brahm Center for Messianic Jewish Learning celebrates the rich history and broad diversity of Jewish Yeshua followers while focusing on the development of a Torah-based and traditional expression of Messianic Judaism. The Brahm Center emphasizes three areas of focus, Yeshua faith, Torah-centered Messianic Judaism, and the land of Israel. End quote from the Brahm Institute. Now, let's stop right there. Um, to me, in all fairness to FFOZ, it does not sound to me like they are attempting to hide the fact that they're messianic or to hide what they are doing. Now, that's in fairness to, to FFOZ. I, I, I think that that, that that statement, which is quoted there by this article, um, it doesn't sound like they're trying to be deceptive about what, what they're doing there. Okay, let's go on with this article. About six months ago, the center's missionary activities tra- uh, intensified and the missionaries began participating in so-called Torah classes as part of a Torah club series to deepen their knowledge of Tanakh and Judaism so they can learn how to live a full, quote, full Torah life. In, once again, in fairness to FFOZ, a Torah club has been going on since, what, the early 2000s? Uh, this is not something new. This is not like new to their ministry. Torah Club has been around for a really long time. They've redone it, actually, and I think that they've redone it to actually in the wrong because they've taken out a good theology from it in order to uh, flip on on uh, the Gentiles' role in the ecclesia. Anyway, with that said, 
Uh, the two main missionaries active at the center dress as Orthodox Jews and live in religious neighborhoods. Ami, that is Tim Buckles, who dresses like a Haradi Jew, lives near the Givat Mordecai neighborhood of Jerusalem. According to Yad Lachim, Buckles began doing missionary work nine years ago in the Jewish community in Seattle, but was kicked out of the community when Rabbanim Rabbanim discovered his true identity. He then established the Messianic Shul, quote-unquote, of Zamach Dovid in Seattle. Buckles' uh, children, who wear large knitted yarmulkes, attend Mamlachti Dati, state religious schools in Jerusalem. We're almost to the part that we're, we really want to talk about. A blog called Menashe's blog states that uh, Buckles, who was also known as Timothy Lane, was impersonating a from Jew in 2014 in Seattle, but his true identity was revealed when a shul member became suspicious of him and began expo- uh, exploring his background. The blog says that Buckles and his wife and children apparently made Aliyah to Israel in 2017 and questions how the couple proved, quote-unquote, they were Jewish. He also provides proof of Buckles' missionary activities. Okay, now they're going to move in this article to Boaz Michael. And Boaz Michael is the founder and director of First Fruits of Zion. Boaz Michael, chairman and founder of the organization who wears a large knitted yarmulke, lives in the Arnona neighborhood in South Jerusalem. However, Michael, unlike Buckles, maintains a Facebook page that makes his identity crystal clear. So, once again, in all fairness to Boaz Michael and FFOZ, it does not seem to me that Boaz has attempted to hide in any way, shape, or form who he is or uh, his identity or anything like that. The last post on his page, dated October 26, 2016, offers a free subscription to for First Fruits of Zion materials, free for anyone who wants to learn about the Torah, the Messiah, and the Kingdom of Heaven. The post underneath that one features a photo of a cross, necklace, and previous posts openly discuss Christianity. Okay. Now, if uh, everyone has followed along with that, let's now move to, and this is where the this is where the conversation for Rob and I is really going to take take shape. If you were with us last week, you remember we <clears throat> we discussed this very briefly, and I said that this actually is not necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean. If I'm a Christian or a whatever you want to call yourself, Messianic Jew or believer in the land of Israel, and somebody says, hey, there's a bunch of Christians over here that are trying to give New Testaments to Jewish people, and they're telling all the, the Orthodox Jews this, to me, that's a win. You might actually get a, a, a Orthodox Jew or two who might be interested in the New Testament to come and say, hey, tell me what you got. Don't tell, you know, here, I'm, sh- let me come in the back door and teach me about Jesus, t- teach, teach me about Yeshua. In my mind, that's a win. Like, out me as a believer all you want. Yeah, sing it from the rooftops. That That's a win. Um, however, apparently, this is not how FFOZ took the article. And this is uh, a post, not by necessarily uh, Boaz Michaels. It says, FFOZ staff writer. So I'm not exactly sure what that means, um, but we'll just say that it's the entire staff of FFOZ. This is what they say in their response, quote, and I did not read for all dis- full disclosure here. That article goes on and on and on. Uh, actually, it's not that much longer. You got about, what, five paragraphs more in that article. So um, if you want to read that article, the full article about um, this outing, 
if you want the Yeshiva World. Uh, it's linked. Uh, it'll be linked in the bio of uh, this show on YouTube by maybe about an hour after this show airs. Okay. So this from the staff writers of uh, FFOZ. In recent days, First Fruits of Zion has been featured in Israeli media. And this is true. This is not the only, uh, this is not the only uh, article that there was. News reports have contained some inaccurate exaggerations and uh, oh, ex- exaggerated and slanderous accusations. However, they've also contained some important truths that we are proud to accept. First Fruits of Zion does not conduct covert missionary activity. Our organization and our teachings are well known. Our identity as Messianic Jewish organizations, uh, as a Messianic organization, is stated in all our materials. So thus far, once again, I applaud up until this point, I applaud FFOZ. They're going to stand their ground on this, and they as well they should. In fact, I think that, that so far they're doing great in, in their public response. Okay, going on. We are open and public about what we do, providing Messianic Jewish teachings to Christians and Jews for over 20 years. Okay, now listen carefully, folks. We denounce evangelism and proselytizing, especially when any deception is involved. Okay, now this right here, now all of a sudden we've flipped from I'm going to stand with you in this to I got major, major issues with the statement that has just been made. They go on, and then we'll come back to it, but they go on. Instead, like any movement with any an ideology, we engage in discussion and hope that more people will see things our way. Our goal is not to win over converts to our creed, but to influence society through reasoned, intellectually honest, and mutually respectful dialogue. I mean, am I missing something here? Well, A, it's a this is an Armenian worldview. The second half of the paragraph is Armenian. That the idea and the denouncing of evangelism, it means they're they are letting an important biblical term go to the dogs. They're, they're not, they're not going to defend a, a, a positive meaning for evangelism. So by denouncing it, evangelism is something to be denounced now. So, uh, right. I, yes. And, and Lois in the, and, and rather you should just seek to influence society. So, so if I'm, that means I'm the influencer and I'm going to try to influence other people. Like, who's the sales guy? How to how to win friends and influence people, right? Right. Okay, so Lois in the chat room makes a great point here. Um, so the the Jews are what they would call anti anti Christian, but she makes this clarification: they do not believe that you can be Christian, i.e., that is believe Messiah is Yeshua. And also be Jewish. You can imposter in their view as quote unquote Jewish means not believe as Jewish means not believing in Yeshua. And this is right. So according to the Orthodox Jews, now now let me first say, I've lived in this space before. In fact, if you go back and look at our, our shows from you know 150, 200 shows ago, I wore a, a yarmulke. I was, you know, I basically said, 
you know, and, and things started to shift for me a little bit when we went to, when my father and I went to Ontario and I presented, I think this is in 2017, I presented a, a uh, lecture titled, Have We Left the Church? And what I started to do in that lecture was ask, are we, should we separate from the title Christian? Are we no longer part of the Christian church? Are we separate? And what, what would that look like? And what I come to in that, in that series is, no, we are part of the Christian church because the word Christian is used. And if we go down the checklist of what does it mean to be a Christian, we check off every single box. And so, it, you know, right, right before that, I had basically taken off the yarmulke. I had said, I'm not going to, you know, if other people want to do that, that's fine. But I personally am not going to identify that way anymore. And there's been, I think, a lot of people who are regular listeners to this show have seen the progression down this path. Um, so with that said. But, th- but that's not the same thing as shifting a viewpoint on evangelism. No, it's not. But my point here is that according to the Jews, according to the Orthodox Jews, the non-believing Orthodox Jews within Israel, okay, FOZ are Christians. They're not Jewish. However, according to the Messianic Jews in Israel who have tried to define a different movement or a different religious sect as quote-unquote Messianic Jewish, what, what those people are going to say and what I used to say is no, we go back to first century Judaism. We're not necessarily Christian because within the, within the Messianic realm, they're going to see Christianity as Catholic Church comes around fifth century or so. We're going to call those people Christian and the different denominations that have come from that. What we are is holding more to Orthodox Judaism, and this is actually where the problems really start to come in. This is really where the, ortho, where the uh, theo- theology starts to, to <clears throat> kind of go awry. And the, and the reason why is because, well, are you talking about Orthodox Judaism today in the 21st century? Or are you talking about Judaisms in the first century? If you're talking about Judaisms in the first century, then take off the yarmulke, take off the black and white, take off the, you know, get rid of the payout. You know, you can still eat milk and meat together, all these different things. So there is this identity of modern-day Judaism that a lot of people within the Messianic movement want to uphold, but that's not first-century Judaism. And and that's kind of the problems that I saw. I, I know concerning the, the guy named Tim Buckles, which I don't believe I've ever met him or ever talked to him, but I'm aware of, of the community in, in Washington and what they had posted. I don't even know if their website's still up, but the claim was we we are under rabbinic authority that was stated on we their are, website. We are, we are under rabbinic authority. We are halakhically, we, we uh, live halakhically Jewish lifestyle, according to the Shulchan Aruch, right. which is this, which is the kind of the standard and that there's no, there is no injunction against believing in Yeshua or Jesus. In other words, it's not, it, it doesn't violate your Orthodox Judaism to believe in in Jesus. Those were some of the main statements. What I don't understand, and and I haven't seen a response from Buckles. Hang on, just in, a second. In, by, th- th- this is, by the way, uh, Rob is specifically talking about the the group Zamach Dovid. Yeah, yeah, that was in, in Washington State. Right, it was right. it I, years ago. It's gone. I think they're gone now. But here, here's my point, and and we haven't seen a response from this 
Timothy or Ami Buckles or whatever his name is. But what I didn't see in the first fruits of Zion, Zion response is, look, we're halakhically Jewish. We're halakhically observant. Right. Um, my understanding is that both Boaz Michael, that's not his original name. Like he's a, he, he's a convert. And this, and this Ami Buckles apparently is also a convert. So the question is, if these are Christian men who have converted to Judaism, they should, in my opinion, and and they they want to be open, open and honest, they should say, here's how I converted. I'm a legitimate, uh, uh, halakhically uh, ordained convert, however they want to word that. Call my rabbi. Talk, take it up with my rabbi. And Lois, you know, that's Lo- what that, if if they believe if FFOZ and Buckles believe that they are under rabbinic authority that that halakhic oral tradition is obligatory right. that it's divinely sanctioned then how come that did not frame their response rather their response is oh freedom of religion in Israel right that, that's a claim saying we have a different religion than you do. If, if my response is, well, freedom of religion, that is an acknowledgement that I'm of a different religion than the, than the host. That's, it, it's really sticky here. But I say just be forthright. Say, we're, we're converts. Here's the rabbis that converted us. You know why I think they probably won't do that? Is because it's, it, because, <laughs> because it, it's, it's suspect, in my opinion. So Lois says submitting to rabbinic authority doesn't mean the rabbis want to claim you. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot going on here, and uh, this is not just to this is not just to pick on FFOZ. In fact, um, let's get into a little bit of the. If, if, wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. If if a, if there are people who claim to represent the gospel, okay, yeah, I'm with you on in this. Israel, and they are not going to come out clearly with a definition of what evangelism is, and they're not going to provide a biblically, you know, let's look at Boaz's own words here, reasoned, intellectually honest, mutually respectful dialogue. Okay, I'll, 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 on that front, publish what good evangelism is biblically. What is biblical evangelism? Yeah, and, and the, Because and the, you can't just take a biblical word. It says that the Lord, some of the Lord's body is evangelists. Some he gave evangelists. Paul says, who's going to, who, how will they hear unless someone is sent? And then he cites Isaiah. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, who, get to, we'll get to that preach, in just a second. We'll get, but the idea is if I denounce this, now all of a sudden I'm taking something that is presented as a positive good and a central theme in the Bible, and I'm denouncing it without explanation? Troubling. Well, here's here's the uh James Fox says, so FFOZ doesn't believe in unconditional election. No, they do not. No, they do not. No, they believe that Jesus is for the Gentiles, really. I, I, or that's maybe, oh, no, wait a minute. That might not be, FF, that's the buckles. The that's guy, because one yeah. of these articles says that, that Jews don't have to believe in Jesus. Yeah. But Gentile or something. But, but here's, here's the point, though. Uh, and, and let's, okay, fine. Let's stick on, on FFOZ for a few seconds. This, this comment right here, we denounce evangelism and proselytizing. Now, granted, they try to say, especially when, but that means that they denounce all evangelism and proselytizing. 
Yeshua says, well, any 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 evangelism, so called, that has deception in it would not would be disqualified. Yeah, of course. But but the but the point is, they say especially. That means that they denounce all evangelism and proselytizing, at least in the land. And here's the thing: is that Yeshua says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations." That's called evangelism. And when he says to uh, in Jerusalem and to Samaria and then to the ends of the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And and so to me, this is, I mean, this statement right here is bordering on heretical, if not full out heretical. I want to say it's full out heretical, but I want to also give them some benefit of some doubt somewhere. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but it's, but to say, and here's the other thing. If you are a Christian organization, I mean, isn't evangelism one of your focuses? What are you doing? If you're a Christian organization and you're not trying to give the gospel, what are you doing? I I, I just don't understand that. But but here's the here's the reason that I say that we should give we should try to give some benefit of the doubt here to FFOZ because FFOZ is not the only organization that is doing this. And the reason why is because it seems to me that here's the mentality I'm kind of getting from people. At least this is kind of what they say to the Christians on this side. They say, well, Israel doesn't allow non-citizens. Now, by the way, let's just let's just stop here and, and, and say this. There are Christian Jews who are citizens born and raised in Israel who are there doing evangelism. And they're allowed to do, do that because they are citizens who are born in Israel. If you are an outside person who's I think not, Jew, a, I think Jews for Jesus has exactly. Uh, but the point is, is that worked. if you well, so is the Christian Bible Society or whatever the right, all right. So I mean, they're they're there, they're doing work, they're doing evangelism, they're allowed to do that because they are citizens. What Israel, what the Israeli government is not for, is having. Now I'm not, I am not supporting this. I'm not saying that the Israeli government is right in this. But what the Israeli government does not allow is non-citizens to come in and set up shop and start evangelizing their citizens. That's what they don't want. Now, I'm not saying that that's right. I think that, that, but at the same time, that's ultimately what you have here is you have people who are not citizens trying to come into Israel and they're trying to set up some kind of shop, but it isn't, I mean, FOZ wants to say we're only here for the Christians, and the Messianic Jews. We're not here for the Jews. And I am not sure that I uh, necessarily understand that. Now, Lois brings up Hayovel in the chat room. Okay, well, let's go to it. Because actually there was a kind of, I don't think it was a response. Um, but recently, uh, Hayovel did come on uh, to uh, Arut Sheva. And uh, this was one of the Waller boys and... Uh, Luke, let's see here. Hang on just a second. I have it in my show notes. Um, it was Joshua Waller and Luke Hilton uh, went on to Arut Sheva and talked about what uh, Hayovel is doing in Israel. Now, Hayovel, they are farmers. They came from America. They came to, um, they came to, they think that there's a specific passage in the scripture that they are of prophecy that they're fulfilling and they are there to actually farm. Let's listen to what they have to say. We believe that, especially for Christians, because we're a Christian organization and most of our volunteers are Christians, Christians have a, a, a mandate or even a responsibility to come and help the Jewish people 
I want to stop right there. We'll listen to that again. First of all, a few things to note. Hayuvel claims to be a Christian organization. Okay, so if, I mean, I understand where they're coming from in that, but if you're an agricultural business trying to get people to come do agricultural work, why wouldn't you just, and you're not doing any evangelism or anything, why wouldn't you just say, we're an agricultural business. We're not here for Christianity. We're here for agricultural reasons. But they don't do that. And I think one of the reasons why, once again, in all fairness to Hayovel, I think the reason why is because what they are attempting to do, and you're going to hear this in this clip, what they're attempting to do, or so they say, is they are trying to bring Christians in to show them that Israel has a place as a nation. In other words, to move them away from the idea that Israel is occupying Palestine and instead give Christians the understanding that God has a plan for Israel. In that, I think that they have a just cause. Let's listen. Especially for Christians, because we're a Christian organization and most of our volunteers are Christians, Christians have a, a, a mandate or even a responsibility to come and help the Jewish people and help the nation of Israel with one goal, just to build up the land, support the people that are here, and to, to help uh, the nation of Israel thrive. Okay, hang on. Once again, I'm going to pause right there. Uh, this is, by the way, this is Luke. This is Luke Hilton uh, speaking. Luke lays out, he says, we got one goal. That's it. Here is our goal. We're agricultural. We want to bring Christians in. We want to build up the land. We want to build up the Jewish people. We want to show the Christians that Israel should be a nation. That's our goal. So at least he's honest about the goal. Okay? I'll give him all that. And know that millions of people all over the world are standing with Israel. How were the reactions in the beginning? I would believe there was uh, deterrence. Very much so. I so mean, to speak. Yeah, for sure. Nobody, well, for the most part, people are very uh, leery that we were coming reason. for yeah. good reason, that we were coming with an agenda. I apologize. That was Waller, Joshua Waller. Hil uh, Luke Hilton's going to come in here right now. With the agenda to evangelize. Well, that was very clear from the very beginning that that was not our purpose, but we still needed to be checked and, and tried to make sure that that was not our intent. Um, and over 17 years now, uh, that's not been our mission. Our mission is solely to teach the nation that come, nations will come, and they'll be trained. On I understand that the participants of Hayovel have to sign on an official document which says what? That they're not here to proselytize. And they do. They sign. Hundreds of volunteers. Outside of a COVID situation, we have four or five hundred volunteers every year that come. They sign the agreement. And they're here for one purpose. To see the restoration of the land of Israel. Zionists to the core. As they're here, they're getting lessons from rabbis, from locals, Israelis from out, throughout Judea and Samaria. Learning more. And I'm Okay, uh, that's where I cut it off. And here's the thing is that, okay, so Hayovel takes a very specific stand. That stand is we're not here to evangelize. We're here for a different purpose. And that purpose is, is to try to, to get Christians to understand the, the, the Jewish people, Israel as a nation, all these kind of things, right? And uh, so, 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 that's, so are you saying that's different than the FFOZ statement that says we denounce evangelism? Okay. And <laughs> now you're because right, I'm not you, hearing you, I'm not hearing this. Luke, I think it was or what? I'm not hearing it denouncing. They're just saying we are being very specific in this situation for a specific purpose. So, and once again, if this was the only statement from Hyovel, I would actually say I can understand where they're coming from here. The problem is, is that uh, Tommy Waller, who is the founder and the um, lead of of Hayovel has recently said this. This is in January of 2020. Hey, Sandra, I just want to make something clear uh, that we may have may have been uh, muddled a little bit or may, misunderstood in the last video that we did. 
on should Christians evangelize or missionize the Jewish, uh, the Jewish people? And the answer is, uh, for me personally and for what I believe, and I'm speaking uh, for me, is I, don't, I do not believe, and I believe this is for all Christians, that we should be going in to, to Israel or anywhere and, and evangelizing or missionizing Jews. Uh, and so, and, and all of that is covered. The reasons for that uh, is covered in the video, in this video. Uh, so I just want to, this is kind of an addendum to the, the video that we made. Uh, and I just want to make clear, clarify this, that again, Jewish identity is, 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 is it carries God's name and, and the land, like the land of Israel carries God's name. And I do not believe that Christians should be going to Israel and to the anywhere and proselytizing or com- trying to convert Jews to their to their belief. God is God is working within the Jewish people to accomplish that. So I hope I just want to make that clear. So uh, now <laughs> this changes things a little bit. This he, changes things a he lot. He said that's his personal opinion right that's not it that's not policy is it or, or... i mean here's the thing is that he's th- this is uh, tommy has uh tommy has said this numerous times in numerous different places this is the view of hyovel i have to believe that because tommy is the one who is running hyovel that hyovel believes that evangelizing jews is wrong and here's the thing is that he says he doesn't believe that anyone should evangelize the jews that that has to okay, let me let me ask you this let me okay. ask you this let's take I, I and i want to i want to appreciate the differences and i, I think there's a lot of information that i don't know about both situations i would agree with that same here and what ones of course is in jerusalem the other is is in up in Samaria, up in the Northland, which is contested, right? You've, that's quote unquote West Bank, where it's my understanding where Hayovel is. Uh, so I want to appreciate that there's nuance differentiating these. Particularly, the one that sticks out to me is in Jerusalem. You have something that's saying we denounce evangelism, and up north we. It, it sounds like this last quote is closer to what the FFOZ statement was. But the guys, the young guys, it sounded like it was slightly nuanced, like it was just. I would tend to agree specific. with that. Yeah. Okay, but but here here's my thought: Would either of these worldviews? Let's just say, Hayuvel has a worldview, and FFOZ has a worldview that are different. If we went back two thousand years, would either of those worldviews have any? How would they mesh? With what the app, without with what Yeshua's disciples are actually doing, and what their worldview is. Like in other words, should Peter have been? Would, should Yeshua have preached the? Should Yeshua have preached the gospel to Jews? Should oh, what the, about disciples, the disciples? Yeah. Exactly. Should the disciples have preached the gospel to Jews? Should the disciples have taught Gentiles to come and work for Jewish farmers? Should, uh, or was it all a mission to the Gentiles? Was it to take, to teach Judaism to the Gentiles? If so, why was Stephen stoned? So, okay, I, I'm with you on this. And, and here's the thing is that uh, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm struggling. I, 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 this is, this is a difficult conversation, you know, I mean, cause we're, 
like you're saying about giving the benefit of the doubt, it's like, you know, Paul makes it clear, Romans 14 elsewhere, you know, who am I to judge the Lord's servant? You know, someone else who's, if they're serving the Lord, let each be convicted in their mind. But also there's a place we have to bring the, the Torah into the discussion and and seek to, to, to understand and to sharpen each other's minds. So I, th- what you're saying right now actually is I think the, the core of all of this, I think that all of this stems from a lack of good theology. And I'm not trying to down or come against Tommy Waller or FFOZ in this, but I do believe that there's a theological issue, a theological problem okay, thank here. you. That's helpful. In neither case am I getting razor-sharp clarity of what their theology is. It's It seems like there's another the leading goal is something different than clarity of theology. Okay. And that's and, weird. And here's the thing is that I think that Tommy Waller, at least from what I have gathered from the original. So what I just played of Tommy Waller is a minute and 26 second video, which you can find in the description of our YouTube video, which is a response to a 46 minute video that he did where this Orthodox Jewish lady interviews him about what Hayovel is doing in Israel. Okay. Now, in that video, Tommy tries to clarify some things. Very and honestly, I think that that uh, there was at one point she says she says something. I'm going to mess this up, but she says something like, "I don't understand why the Christians need to come in and try to change us." You know, we're living out the Torah and we're doing what God has told us to do. And in my mind, the very next response by any Christian, any believer who's sitting there is, here's the difference, is that the Messiah has come and you can't keep the Torah outside of of Christ. This is a perfect time to evangelize. This is a perfect time to say the truth of what the gospel is. And instead, it's like, well, yeah, I totally agree with you on this. And it's like, what are you talking about? But but let's hold off on that. What I do have here is a clip of what I think might clarify a little bit of Tommy's uh, uh, belief here. And what what it seems to me he believes is that evangel and I could be wrong on this and a mea culpa if, if, if this is not what Tommy meant, but it seems like Tommy Waller is trying to say that evangelism means taking a Jew away from the Torah and Torah observance and becoming a standard, what, I don't know, Catholic or something like that? And listen, and the reason I think that is because he equates evangelism with taking people away from, uh, f- taking people away from, uh, like, the Sabbath. Listen to this. And I think that that's... Some, oh, wait, hang on, I'm sorry, wrong The one. Jews are part of a move of, a, of God, the God we actually believe in. And if we go, if we're going to the Jewish people and saying... You know what? You don't have to keep Shabbat, Sandra. You know, that's it. You don't have to keep, uh, you don't have to circumcise. You don't have to do, these are, God says, this is a, you know, this is a, a, a sign between me and you. And, you know, I need to, as a, as a person outside of Israel, look at Israel and say, come on, my Jewish friends, please. Okay, he says, as a person outside of Israel, and ultimately this is the theological problem that I see, I think that Waller might think that the Torah and the commands of Torah are only for the Jewish people instead of for the people of Israel. And what I mean by that is, as believers, we attach ourselves to Israel. We become part of the covenant people. We become adopted. Paul talks about this throughout the Gospels. And so all of a sudden, when we become covenant members, the covenant 
obligations apply. This doesn't mean that they save us. But all of a sudden, the Sabbath becomes for me. The festivals become for me. Whereas Waller seems to be saying, and this is my interpretation, and I could be wrong on this, but Waller seems to be saying that this is a Jewish identity marker. And so I don't necessarily see Waller saying, oh, you have to have all this rabbinic stuff, but rather that the Torah is an identity marker. And he says, for us outside of Israel. Now, he might be meaning outside of the land of Israel, but what I think he means is not part of the Jewish people. I, and once again, I, I could be off, but if that's the case, then we got a major problem because no, Romans 11 talks specifically about the fact that as covenant members, we become part of Israel. We become part of the, the covenant people of Israel. Now, that doesn't mean we become Jewish. I'm not saying we become Jewish, but the Torah and its, and its benefits, its blessings, all of those things become for us. And so, once again, we go back to a theological issue. This stems from a theological issue, the idea that you're not going to evangelize. And I think what that might mean for Waller is bring people out of, like, the Torah and bring them to, I don't know, the Baptist church or something. Okay, but even then, at least they would have the Messiah, right? I'm not saying that, they, please don't hear me, I'm, I'm going to get emails for that comment. Please don't hear me say that the Jews should give up on, on the Torah. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is, is that... The Jews, to be able to keep the Torah, must have Christ. You cannot keep the Torah. All of your works are, are like filthy rags before God if you don't come through Christ first, grace first. I don't, I don't know that's, that that's FFOZ's message. That's not FFOZ's message. So what is their message then? I mean, Sean says it best. They teach that there we are some brand an, new an thing. An, that we want to affirm this abstract thing called Judaism as it is. Who? Let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. For, let, let's just bracket out these institutions that we're talked about. And let's just say, let's talk about someone who's born in Israel, who's Jewish, right? They didn't convert, right? Jewish all the way back, right? <laughs> Jews all the way back, okay? Circumcised on the eighth day. Yeah, exactly. Of the tribe of Benjamin. And I've, I've met and spoken with it. I, I've met someone who is, who is a third-generation rabbi in the land of Israel. His family was there before the state of Israel, okay? He taught Talmud in Jerusalem. He came to faith. He came to faith. He uh, found... Well, one, he was reading Isaiah 53 without commentators. And Oops. then people were saying, what are you doing? And he, he came across a, a Hebrew New Testament, right? And he read it. And he's like, it was like the Lord put faith in his heart. And he's like going around to different churches, like, like you know, and, and he, you know, one said like, well, you need to eat pork. He's like, well, how much do I have to eat? <laughs> like, he's like, he's thinking from a rabbinic perspective, like what, like how often? Like, that is a Talmudic the point question. Is, and it's a it's a fair point because there is there is a problem with the various ways you know that Christian institutions have have misrepresented the gospel. There's no problem. There, we, we can talk absolutely. About that. But but the point is, what happened to this guy? He lost his position, lost his family, and was was kicked out. And he was, and you know what? The, it led him to this whole thing where he, with his daughter, was able to now uh, secretly go into Muslim places and and get young girls who had been kidnapped into slavery. So it, the Lord opened this whole way 
for a whole new life of, of active missionary work. He never, he never said, oh, he never made the claim of slander or anything like that. He, he accepted that he accepted it. He accepted what happened to him by the community. And it led to an amazing thing that he would have never dreamed of in the world he was in. So my question is, back to this, this, this person who's there, why was he kicked out? Because he was telling other people. Why? Because he wanted to share it with them. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the conflict here is, this tough. This is a, this is a tough discussion because, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a tough discussion. Here's the thing. The thing for me is this, you know, and I've said this numerous times. I read this in a book by, I forget gospel fluency is the name of the book and uh, Vanderstelt. Anyway, he said that if you're pumped about like, have you ever met somebody who's a vegan? Cause you'll know it. (laughs) In the first, you know, three minutes, because they'll tell you tell you all about it. What about somebody who does CrossFit? They live, breathe CrossFit, and guess what? That's all they talk about. And the and he's right. The point is the point in, in this is: Have you been saved by grace? Does it consume who you are? Does do you Who's, who among the believers are confronting the Orthodox religious Jews about idolatry? About putting the, who, who among in the, the people of God are confronting the rabbis about their, their mixing together of the traditions of men and the revealed word of God. Who's doing that? Who's taking that stand? I, the people we've talked about today are not apparently taking this stand. Don't, don't, I, I also don't want. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I don't so want. Who is doing it? If, if, if we can say, oh, well, we can carve out. Maybe that's there's a specific role for this institution. Oh, there's a specific role for this institution. What institution is there? Or maybe there is no. Maybe it's individuals. Maybe it's individual people who are just compelled by the spirit. And, the, and they're not signed up with any particular organization. They just put their life on the line. And what, whatever the consequences are, they accept. Because they believe they're being obedient. And and maybe that's maybe that's the reality, and those are the people we need to remember to pray for. Don't get me even wrong, even though we don't know their name. Right, and don't get me wrong. I don't want people to think that there aren't people associated with FFOZ and certainly Hyovel. I know people. I know people from high like that are with Hyovel, and there are people who love the Lord, and they they are the kind of people who talk all the time about their faith. So I'm not trying to say. That uh, th- that that these people aren't real believers or anything like that. All I'm what I'm trying to say with this is simply this: when we say we denounce all evangelism, or it's wrong for any person to go into Israel and try to evangelize the Jews, there are theological ramifications for such a statement. And those the- theological ramifications is that the apostles and all of the disciples of the Messiah were doing something wrong, and the Holy Spirit was wrong for attempting to indwell people to bring the gospel to Israel. So there are theological ramifications for this. Not Is there anyone who is there anyone who who will go? In other words, if if the claim is this, 
a Christian shouldn't be evangelizing a Jew because the Christian doesn't know their Bible as well as the Jew knows his Tanakh, right? So sending, sending a, it's like, you know, in Mormonism, they send you're an elder at what, 17 or 18 years old, and they, right. they send you out, right? Not you, you know, yeah, because they come to my house, right? And they're elders and prophets, but they don't, they don't really know their Bible, okay? So that's kind of like taking a knife to a gunfight or what do they call, you know, like, you know, it's the NBA, but, you know, you're junior high basketball kind of guy. So I can understand that that's a, that's a, a, a reasonable conversation, you know, topic to say, okay, what, you don't want to be naive, but on the other hand, who will go? What's, what are the, are there, are there any qualifications where these individuals we've heard from today would say, yeah, okay, that person would be qualified to evangelize Orthodox Jews. What's the qualification? Do they have to have spent a couple of years in, in yeshiva and to also, you know, know the gospel really well? Do they, Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that we should leave it on this note. If you're not going to take the uh, the commission of the Messiah in Matthew 28 as enough proof, let's. Uh, Rob sent these scriptures to me today. Romans 10:15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Literally, in the Greek, the feet of the evangelizers of good things. In Isaiah 49, in the Septuagint, go up on high on a high mountain. You who evangelize Zion, lift up your voice with strength. You who evangelizes Jerusalem, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of G- Judah, see your God. Why, so are people, why are people denouncing all evangelism in Israel? I don't understand it. It, the only thing, and this, I mean, this is the, the, the final bone that I have to throw. The only thing that I can think is that the people that we have talked about today are using the word evangelism differently, in a different way, than, than, all, than all of Christendom and the Bible. That's the only thing that I can assume. Otherwise, I mean, I, I just don't know what else to say. Got anything else before we leave? I don't know. I, I feel it, this, this topic, I, I kind of feel down right now. And, and, and it's just, I think it's just because of overwhelm of, of, of everything that's at stake, I guess. I mean, like who, what I want, this is what I want. I want, to hear the pure word of God as much as possible. I want this. I want the pure signal of the word of God. There's so much noise in the world. We're bombarded with messages that are from all sorts of horrific places. And we know Yeshua says there's wolves in sheep's clothing. So that means not only is there just noise, there's noise that is deliberately mixed up, sprinkled with Bible ideas also that is going to have an, a sort of luster or appeal. So to follow Yeshua, it's, he says it's a narrow path. 
few find it, right? It's, but that's the path of life. So I don't need an organization to translate the didache for me or actually provide me a commentary on the didache and not tell me who actually did the translation because none of them have the competency to do it themselves. Are we rising we to, to, to the off? Okay. okay. Is the off about to go off? The point is pure signal. What the sheep need, Yeshua's flock need the pure word of God. Yeah. We all need that. Without it, we're dead in the water. We're blind leading the blind. We're all falling into a pit because, and where are we going to get this? Where do we get the pure word of God? In Peter, it says, desire the pure milk, right? As newborn babes. That's what we need. And this other stuff, it starts getting political and emotional. And then, and then you, and then it feels disorienting and, and brothers and sisters, (laughs) we need clarity on the word of God. And we need to be, because that's where our strength is. Yeshua said, build on the rock and your house will stand. That's what I'm about. I know that's what Caleb's about. That's what Torah Resource is about. Are we perfect? No. Are we pursuing it with with all our blood, sweat, and tears? Yes, most, set, most definitely. I don't think we're going to top that one, folks. So with that, <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen. Please. Rob might have a haircut next week too. Share, so we'll, we'll share your faith. Share your faith of our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, who died on the cross for the elect. And do it with vigor. We'll see you next week. <laughs>